Welcome to the inaugural episode of Ask Shy. On this very first Genesis episode, I set up the stage, talk about what the show's about, why I'm here, and what I aim to achieve. This episode was recorded back in March of 2023, and I hope you enjoy this look back at initial first episode of Ask Shy. So just a quick disclaimer before we jump into things, um, just to have a little fun here. Um, I, I aim, my goal is really to provide a lot of humor today, um, but just a quick disclaimer as we get started, that anything that I talk about in the session today is really my own personal opinions as well as my own personal views. Uh, they do not reflect the views or opinions of anybody else besides myself. Um, anything that I'm gonna be talking about today really should be considered education and entertainment purposes only. Um, nothing should be considered financial advice of any kind. Um, I'm also not going to talk about any secret sauce. So if you're here and you're expecting to, uh, find out some secret sauce or secret things, that's not going to happen. Um, to be blunt, that will get me fired. So I'm not going to do that. Um, I have to feed my kids and my family. Um, if you do want to connect me through, through work stuff, you can reach out through your AWS accounting or through your accounting. Um, I also, uh, if you do ask a question or if somebody makes a comment or something and I ever don't answer you, uh, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be rude or trying to ignore you. Um, simply, I just sometimes cannot give an answer. So my apologies, I will do my best always when I can to answer a question straightforward. Uh, I will make jokes on the show as well, just for fun. Uh, they are my responsibility entirely. Um, and I will happily elaborate on any of those jokes as I start making them. Um, I think the best jokes are those that require those explanations. Why am I uh, doing this right now? <laughs> this is something that I was interested in doing for a while, and why am I finally doing this? Really, the idea is to build a body of work, um, and the goal with that body of work is to hopefully define what my life experience is and what my life journey will be like, um, and really document as much as I possibly can, uh, because the thought was that maybe in the future, uh, one day I'll contribute to something bigger. Um, I really love to inspire people. That's ultimately my goal, right? I think a lot of things that I, I do and the things that we do with life, uh, we should do with a lens of, of trying to inspire people. Um, I, I really get a joy when people are out there and people uh, learn and, and get inspired and get educated and want to go dig and find out about things. And so anything that I can do in this space or in general about, about blockchain, Web3, mental health and all stuff I'll talk about um, that I can do to inspire people. That's ultimately my goal. And so hopefully that, that'll happen in this show. Um, I'll also try to bring a sense of joy and humor there too. Um, I also really believe that we're very close to a stage where there'll be functional clones. Um, and, and those functional clones would be a real, realistic thing, regardless of where they live. And so I, I'm really just trying to do what I can to capture as much of my knowledge and detail and contribute to that um, and learn about that future as opposed to being scared and try to fight it running the, run the other way. So I, I think that's really important and contributing to the future is a big part there. So uh, with that, uh, let's go. Uh, I see that there's one person in the chat, so thanks for joining there. Um, we'll see if more people join, uh, but the goal is just to have fun here and see what happens over time. I will jump to my notes real quick, back to full screen here. Um, all right, so what is the, the show about general format? Um, be about 30 to 45 minutes, depending on how much content goes, whoever joins the, the session, um, questions that people want to ask, uh, comments that get talked about, um, and then just general things that I have to share and things that I'm, I'm seeing in the space. And, and again, uh, general ecosystem of Web3 and blockchain, things like mental health and leadership, um, and I'll share those. 
So about 30 to 45 minutes. Uh, I think I'm going to call the show AskShy.ai just because I bought that domain today. Um, and I think that it's fun. Uh, so we'll call it AskShy. It's actually AskSH.ai. Um, and then any guest hosts that want to come on board um, to do any kind of segments as well, um, we'll I'll be doing that too. Um, whether it's things, I, I was thinking this morning, um, there's often things that are in my head that I know are not really appropriate things. And I think sometimes, you know, it's good to sort of have that checks and balance of like, hey, why why are we thinking these things? And what's the reason for going down that path and where they're coming from? So sometimes just exploring those kind of thoughts uh, is what I'm looking to do. Um, and then as I learn more about the Web3 blockchain space, and as I go down this space, there's a lot of things in my head, a lot of things that I learn, and, and I, I really enjoy teaching and sharing those things. Um, and so I want to be able to share those things as well. And I'll do that through this medium, uh, in addition to the other ones I used before as well. Um, as you can tell, very little uh, will be scripted. Um, most of it will be ad hoc. The goal is to very, very little recording or editing, um, just because that takes away from uh, the overall show um, and what I'm trying to do here. Um, I'm also going to try to highlight um, any interesting tech uh, and trends that I see um, as I go throughout the week and things that I come up across. So I'll try to bring those up here as well. Um, the show will really cover four key pillars, and I'll, I've kind of alluded to those before. Uh, I, I really want to spend a lot of time talking about Web3 blockchain. That's the area they spend most, a lot of my day in, so I'll spend a lot of time there. Um, we'll spend time talking about leadership, and then spend time talking about mental health, and then just any kind of funnies and musings and things that I find in this space um, that I want to share. Um, just some segments, I thought, and then we'll get going from there. Um, hot news, things that are on top of mind, just kind of open discussion, right? Things that I find I'm interested in. I'll, I'll share one of those today. Um, and then things I'm working on, what, right? What I, what I can share that I'm working on. Uh, a lot of things personal that I'm working on. I'm happy to share those too. Um, and then things that I've learned this week. And then uh, each, show will empty, each show will hopefully have an open Q&A session as well. So maybe 15 to 20 minutes. Uh, and then we will uh, wrap the show kind of with any thoughts on any progress. Um, and then sort of something either that I don't know or something that sticks out to me. So again, hopefully this is of help to people. My my goal is to make the make this session as most valuable to people that join the session and people that want to learn things. And so again, th this will be recorded um, as it is and be posted live if people want to watch afterwards. And then uh, as we get more people joining and questions come up like that, um, and this becomes more of a live uh, show, which is really what I want it to be. Um, we will hopefully get a lot more inter interactivity and stuff like that. So I, I want to at least share one thing that came to mind this morning, or actually one thing that I've been looking at. So to here again, not scripted. So I, I part of one of the reasons why I'm also starting the show is because I've spent the better part of the last so three or four months um, really digging into everything that I can find around the generative AI space. Right, just tool-wise and trying to get my hands dirty with it and use it um, and try to understand how it's built on the back end try to learn the um, different tools that are in this space that our builders are using in this space to build cool things out there um, and so as part of that I, I kind of wanted to say okay I, I like to take things in seasons and so I wanted to put kind of a fork in the road and say you know after three months and four months or so of really digging into generative ai um, what are the things i've learned and so I'll, I'll i'll be working on a mind map and hopefully sharing that in the next few weeks um, around all the stuff that i've learned but i, I always think that I, I wanted to share one of one of the ways that i learn sometimes is really just by going and reading papers or going and reading demos 
And you'll see a lot of these kind of demos where, you know, the, the demo is flashed up of something like this, where they're converting, uh, and I'll get to the technical part in a second, but basically they're converting normal English characters into a, a pictograph or something that looks uh, representative of what it's supposed to be, right? So uh, in the case of fruit, right, it looks like an actual fruit, like an apple kind of there. And the ninja, right, it's kind of creating like little uh, warrior guys that are the soldiers, or are the letters, right? Uh, the thank you there created the heart out of it. Uh, and then you have this cats and dogs one where the, um, the I think one of them becomes a cat. Yeah, see, the C becomes a cat. So really cool stuff like this that people are doing and, and you see out there. But the real value when you go is in the paper. Um, and so um, I just sometimes spend a lot of time just going and reading through these kind of papers. Um, you know, sometimes they're a little more detailed. Sometimes they're more technical. Um, and then sometimes you get to really fun stuff like this, where it actually talks about like the, the the I don't know for the math necessarily, but the the algorithm behind it of how the language model is actually working, uh, which I find fascinating. Right? I, I honestly I'm still learning a lot of this, and there's a lot to learn here. And the people writing this stuff are fairly advanced, um, and so I just think it's really fascinating to see how they're able to take a letter and then sort of through these models and using things like stable diffusion and other tools. Um, be able to mutate a letter, but there's really cool comments and there are things like, um, you know, we only used uh, black and white and we focused on vector type art and we uh, focused on really simplistic um, letters and, and designs, right? And, and that gives you insights into the ways some of these researchers and developers and builders are thinking. And, and I think that's where really the um, empowerment comes from uh, is because you're lo learning from those people. Um, I don't know. It's funny. Like, I wonder if it was generated. It was. Yeah, it's an anonymous author. So let me uh, paste the link in the chat here. We'll see what happens. But I, I think it's and there is a delay. So I do apologize. I think there's like a thirty second delay if somebody says something. Um, so it is interesting that it's anonymous, which I wonder why. But that's fine, right? I mean that there's plenty of projects that are anonymous, and that's totally okay. It, I think it's more of just for whatever reason they want to protect their anonymity. And again, that that's okay, right? It, uh, the way I kind of want to look at that and the, the way I, I do look at it is, <sighs> sorry, um, because there's nobody <clears throat> really associated or assigned to the paper, the paper and the work kind of has to stand on its own. So I think that's actually pretty gutsy. You can make the argument, right, that they're they're hiding and then these things, right, and, and I get that. But actually, there's many valid reasons for wanting to be an anonymous contributor. Um, and sometimes even something is like, you know, hey, we just want the paper, the work to stand on its own. Is, is a very valid point, um, right? Because it, it's the, the work should stand for itself, not the the people, right? It's not about the the people there. So I think there's some cool examples. I think some of these, they kind of stylized them a little more. Um, but, you know, like it got me thinking about, does this mean that art, does a, uh, that logo designers and vector artists are no longer necessary? And, and I have some background and I've done some vector art. Uh, back when I was in the Navy, I, I designed... Um, I designed our building's uh, logo. Uh, and so I spent a lot of time learning vector art in Photoshop. Um, and I've worked with a lot of logo designers since. And I, I think that it doesn't put them out of business, right? Because one of the biggest challenges of that logo design and that creative work is the back and forth that you go through with the artist, right? Or with the customer, sorry, with the customer. And so as me being a customer sometimes with like the, the PPE for PA that we did last year or two years ago, and other projects I've done in the past, you spend a lot of time in that back and forth cycle with the designer, right? Does this work? Does that work? Do you like that letter? Do you like this? Do you like that? And so 
if all this stuff can cut down on that, right? And and you can, in theory, you agree that let's say the logo and it says something like, you know, book or something. Um, and then it's just, hey, let's generate a whole bunch of plays on these, right? And they can use generative AI to generate 20 different designs and go send it to the customer. And the customer can go, all right, you know what? I like, you know, one, two, and four and five, right? And then you feed that back into the model. Now you get, you know, another 20 that are, you know, maybe get another 10 that are very similar to those, but slightly different. And then you get another 10 that are completely different, right? And so you start doing those A-B tests uh, with generative AI. And then what happens is you keep getting closer and closer to what the customer wants. And then then you sit down with the customer, I think, and, and you can really dig into, okay, so we have the word book and, and clearly you want the B to look like a bookshelf and you, you want that sort of pillar on the left side that's kind of holding that uh, logo there and is giving the the strength to the logo, right, with the bold text and stuff like that. And you want the K to look like, you know, pencils or rulers. So it looks like something that, you know, a kid would use or something. Um, then they go back and they go into, you know, Illustrator or, or Fitty Design or whatever tool they're using and go and build that design to that customer's liking, right? And it cuts down on so much of that back and forth. And the way I look at it is now the designer is spending their time on where it actually matters, right? And, and like, not in like the, you know, oh, what color do you want the pencils? And like, what shape do you want the pencils? And like, oh, do you want a pencil or do you want a ruler? Or do you want this? Um, you know, it, it cuts down on all that noise and gets to a product much sooner. And again, this goes to a lot of my thinking around that AI is about tooling. And, and that's really what is important to remember is that AI is a tool it's not going to replace humanity, um, right? The humanity is about creativity. And what makes us humans in a way is our creativity. Our creativity is what gives us our soul. And so until we can really upload that human creativity or upload that human soul and recreate that consciousness and all the things that come with it, we're very far away uh, from replicating true human creativity, right? Uh, generative AI is not creativity. It's generative AI. It's building on something that's already there. Um, it is creative. I, I do like a lot of things that are coming out of it, but it's not human creativity, right? The ability of human creativity is to be able to take something completely abstract and create something completely new from it um, and a whole bunch more. So we're still very far from a world where AI is taking over creativity. And so it, the important part is how do we leverage it as a tool to accelerate that human creativity. Right, and that's that's the part I like about this this tool here. I, I will pause for a moment here. Get some tea. So there was the question there on copyright with existing logos. So there was a, a case that I had posted a few weeks ago. Maybe I'll look that up real quick. Um, there was a case that was posted a few weeks ago. And that case was, you know, let me, let me pull it up just so I don't think here. Say the wrong thing. I think the case was one, and that was the point, was that somebody had submitted a legal case arguing that the generative AI that they had created, or generative AI-based content that they had created is their original work. Um, I need to remember the details of the lawsuit, but let me find, let's see if I can find that. That's the hard part with LinkedIn is finding my old, my old uh, posts, uh, but I'll see if I can find it. Yeah, well, at least... At least uh, LinkedIn can fix my spelling. So let me paste the chat here, and let me let me bring it up in the screen share too. And so this this was the the post I had originally posted, um, Zoraya the Dawn. Uh, so 
have to go back and look at this now. So I don't know if I remember right, was a book that this guy published or a uh, or a short writing? It was. I'll have to look it up again, see if we can find it. Or did it lose the case? Oh, wait. <laughs> did I did I get this wrong? That's also part of the goal of the show, too, is just to see if... Okay. So the interesting thing is that the his Twitter post or, or their Twitter post, uh, sorry, their Twitter post says... Um, Zoraida Dawn will officially stay registered and they affirmed the copyright, but I don't know if this is, let's see. Yeah. So this is the same thing, right? This is the, the same author. So let's say that the question is, is the author of the works, that's the selection coordination arrangement of the works, but they are, what they are not the author of is the art. Yeah. See, so that's, that's the key part there, right? Which is, which is interesting The the, they recognized the text as, as unique work, but not the generative art that they used uh, the, because they use Midjourney, or not because they use Midjourney, but they use Midjourney, and so the art portion was the one that was not copyrightable. It's interesting. I I, I think I missed that little nuance. I, I was excited the fact that the I was excited the fact that the copyright office even saw the case and heard the case and and issued a final decision. Because even though I, I don't necessarily like the fact that they, they didn't they didn't affirm Midjourney's originality. Um, it at least sets precedence, right? It at least means that what does originality mean when you're using uh, image generative AI, right? And so it's interesting because again, the text, which my understanding again, the 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 text itself was also partially generative AI, but what they gave him the 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 registration for was the the arrangement of the text, right? So the argument is, you can arrange words. Again, I'm not a lawyer here, but you can arrange in theory words, and the way that you arrange the words, that's what you're actually copywriting. It's that arrangement of the words. I would argue, and again, I'm not a lawyer, but I would argue that your arrangement of a composition of an image is what makes it original. But the key difference is, in, in all these generative AI tools, you can't really dictate that composition. <laughs> that's part of the problem. Um, you You are... You know, like, let's take the image that's here, right? I, I can think of, like, some of the times when I've generated images like this, where you're describing the prompt and it's a close-up face of uh, maybe, like, middle-aged woman with uh, dark eyes and recessed eyes and a sharp nose in the style of something uh, with a green background and studio lights behind her to the left. So you can describe the composition of the image, but the image that's actually generated and comes out of the solution ends up being at the discretion really of the AI, right? It's taking that natural language that you put in and it is then creating and composing the image based on what you put in. So the composer of the image, I would argue, I guess, is more of the AI tool. Uh, again, this is part of why I wanted to start the show was to think through some things like this. And so if it's the AI tool that is doing the composition, then, then yeah, you can't, as an artist, copyright that and make that argument that it's your art so i it'd be interesting thanks for that question yeah the whole the whole music stuff is is a challenge too right because what we're talking about is you know how do you look at and how do you how do you decompose <laughs> how do you decompose whatever that piece is right so whether it's art and whether it's uh, a music file or a song whatever it might be how do you decompose that and then take each individual portion and attribute the portions accordingly, or at least I, first you have to identify those portions. So I identify it and then be able to attribute it back to, um, to users out there, right? To the creator of that song. And, and it's actually goes much deeper than, than we think because 
when we hear a lot of times in music, right, we'll hear the song and we'll hear a a riff or a portion from a song and, you know, they'll, they'll take that piece. Uh, like, I, I like the Beastie Boys as an example. I'm not going to play any media because I, I don't want to get um, copyright infringement here. But like Beastie Boys tracks are sampled so many times. Uh, so is Michael Jackson, stuff like that, and Prince. But when we when I hear a Beastie Boys track and a riff, you hear that part. But a lot of times in music, there's the individual notes that make up a beat or make up a loop or make up a certain sound, right? Like um, there's a great video I'll show in a second by a, a band called Little Stranger where they, they decompose their, their tracks um, and he walks through how they built it. And, and like, it's fascinating. Like a sound that you hear in the song is actually not one sound. It's many sounds that are put together. So as a normal listener, right, you are hearing that sound as like a group and you are associating that sound as a group. Um, but to the original artist, right, they composed all these different pieces. Now, again, some of those pieces that they composed come from other artists too. So this rabbit hole of reusability, um, in the music industry, at least is, I, I don't even know how to unravel it. Um, there are, what's exciting is that there are a lot of, I, not a lot, there's maybe five or six different partners or customers, solutions out there, things that I've seen. Uh, Unchained Music is one of them. Um, and then there's a whole bunch of other identity uh, types of blockchain web three projects, right? The the idea in theory is it's fingerprinting, right? So we know that this piece of that song or that melody, uh, we can calculate the hash value out of it. Um, you know, the, the same way you can, you can take a look at it, like, for example, a note, right? So if we have a note as an example, right? It, and I, you know, write one, two, three, four on this blank piece of paper, Right, that one, two, three, four. The, in, if as long as it always stays one, two, three, four, the mathematical hash value of this sticky note will always be the same thing. It'll always equate to the same value, right? The algorithm may change, and I may, and then therefore the value changes. But presuming if they use the same hash or same algorithm, the hash will always be the same, so long as I don't change the one, two, or three, four on there. So in music, it's the same thing, right? You're, you're, we're, what we're trying to do is create a hash, a mathematical representation of that portion of that song, right? Or of that art or of that contract, whatever it might be, right? It's that mathematical representation. Um, and this is where you, you, you may hear things like ZK proofs and zero knowledge proofs. Um, and so when you have that that hash or that proof, what, then, what do you then do with it now, right? So right now it's on a blockchain, it's on some public ledger somewhere. How do you then make use of it? How do you further then identify other music? You know, how do you then use a token to attribute royalty back to the original artist and creator? Uh, a lot of really cool stuff in this space. And, and again, that, that's that's why I get excited about stuff like this. All right. So about half an hour in. See how many people, other people joined. Um, so I think that, 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 that was a good dig into generative AI there particularly. And um, my thoughts around... Uh, um, sort of lawsuits and copyrights and how you protect the content. Um, I am concerned, right? I mean, for me, I, I create a lot of content as well using the generative AI tools, whether it's for personal stuff, using things like ChatGPT and, you know, OpenAPI and Jasper and all these different tools that are out there. Um, or it's on the image side. If I'm using like MidJourney, Stable Diffusion, uh, I mean, all these other cool tools and variants of those, um, like DreamBooth, which is where my avatar comes from. Um, I think the fun part of playing with them is really just understanding them, but then there, there's that concern, right? Of what happens to those images, right? Mid Journey is a great example because with Mid Journey, 
unless you're paying for the highest tier, all your images are technically public. And so you can see mine and it's a concern, right? You, you may not want sometimes people to see yours, right? For various, various reasons. A lot of times, a simple argument, I'm trying to generate a picture like this and it may take me 40 or 50 tries to get there. I don't necessarily sometimes want to share that whole entire progress to get there, right? For whatever reason it might be, right? Sometimes I'm just embarrassed of how long it took me to get there. Maybe I'm, I feel like it's a waste of, of the reader's time to kind of see that whole long generation and for that particular content, that post, I really just want to get to the bottom line of it and share that content. That's it. Um, so uh, definitely important stuff there. Let's see. Uh, so I talked about the, the letter yoga here and talked about the PDF stuff. Uh, I talked about the generative ad there. Um, I, I will keep digging into this space. My goal is to um, sort of pull back a little bit from some of the generative AI stuff, put together a mind map of all the things I've learned, share some of those things I've learned over the last couple of months, um, and then continue digging into the Web3 and blockchain space and everything that it has to offer and then continue to share it um, in this show format. So I'm, I'm at about a half hour now. Uh, thank you to a couple of people that joined there and, and asked the questions around. Um, I will do more in the future to get this show scheduled and set up and let people know but part of it is i, I do want to run these ad hoc and just um kind of have fun like this and just talk about whatever is hot that day or whatever is important um i'm going to be spending a lot of time probably the next couple of weeks you know not just in the web 3 and blockchain only um but you know, I, I tease the image um on linkedin I'll, I'll go over this before i wrap up here i i teased that image last night on linkedin that people were kind of like what, what are you talking about what is that yeah, shout out to Dave Engel there. I posted this image yesterday, right, of, of my mind map, of my content. Um, and so this is my content for the show, right? These are some of the things I want to dig into. There's things around blockchain web three and decentralized identities and uh, decentralized societies and soulbound tokens and um, blockchain architecture and consensus algorithms and storage on chain. Um, so many things that I want to dig into um, that I will use this show as a way to do so. Um, and hopefully this sort of casual 30 to 45 minute hour long format uh, works for people. Um, and please uh, feed this to the AI models and extract some good stuff out of the show uh, for reusability and stuff like that. We'll see what happens. I will end the stream there. Thank you to those who joined. Um, if you caught the show uh, post session, uh, you know, the usual typical subscriber thing, click on the subscribe link, wherever the heck it is down there, uh, and subscribe, and then you'll get notified next time I go live. Um, and just stay tuned on LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube, and all the other places. And um, thank you, everybody. Uh, yeah, here on the bottom right here. So the Ask Shy at AI, my Twitter, my LinkedIn, and like there, the YouTube.